I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. And this is a Nerdy Show microsode. That's where we talk about what you want us to talk about for 15 minutes or more. Hi, I'm Cap, and with me are some guest hosts, Jonathan and Andrew from Wicked Anime. Yay, that's us. Hi, I'm Andrew. I'm Jonathan. And Steve-O from Friday Night Fan Fiction. Hi, I just finished struggling through canceling porn memberships. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> And on a completely unrelated, but maybe tangentially related note, in this episode, we're going to be talking about the filmmaker Takashi Miike. Now, I've never seen a full Takashi Miike film. What I have seen of his work has been shown to me exclusively through Wicked Anime's hardcore anime panels, which are all the rage at events like Anime Boston, where they have standing room only attendance. And uh, Steve-O, you're a fan of his work. Oh, yeah, huge fan. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of Takashi Miike's work. I haven't been as up-to-date on uh, Japanese cinema since probably the mid to late 2000s, but I went through a huge phase and watched basically as many of his films as I could get a hold of at my local Hollywood video or via Netflix. Awesome. Just a heads up, you know, Nerdy Show's always an uncensored program, but uh, the films of Takashi Miike, they are extreme, and we're going to be talking about some of those extreme things. So, brace yourself. His directing style is as diverse as this nerdy show cast right here. Yeah, it, it basically, <laughs> his, his gradient is from hella ape bat crazy to I just made a deep story with violence. He's also made children's films. Yeah, like the, the fact that he can make quality entertainment for the whole family and then switch gears completely to something like Visitor Q or Audition is in, insane. He is one of the most well-rounded, versatile directors in Japanese cinema in the last three decades. And then you got films that are very Quentin Tarantino-esque, which is ironic because he takes everything from Japan. But he makes a movie like 13 Assassins, and that one is just so deep, and it has like the slow burn to it, and then it leads off to this excellent fight scene at the end. Or you have Dead or Alive, where a girl is fed laxatives and drowned in her own feces. Yeah. Yep. Right. <sighs> so as you can tell, he's a kind of extreme filmmaker. This request we should kind of, we should yes. we should point out comes from Brian Shulman, who supported Nerdy Show and thereby earned this microsode. So thank you, Brian. Let's let's uh, let's drown our own feces. <laughs> I'm so ready here. I'm so excited. <laughs> Hopefully that line alone gave him confidence enough to be like, yes, they know what they are talking about. <laughs> Jonathan, Andrew, you guys have 
pretty much made a career of talking about really fucked up Japanese cinema, both animated <laughs> and otherwise. And yes. so what's your introduction to Mike's work? Me personally, I believe I was introduced through Ichi the Killer. I think that was the first one I ever saw. And Ichi the Killer goes along the lines of, hey, this is absolutely insane. But it's also kind of a comedy, which is weird. It has funny parts in it, but it's disgustingly gross with like tons of gore. I believe um, that's the one you saw at the hardcore anime panel where the guy gets kicked in half. Yeah, that did down, happen. <laughs> down the middle in half. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's, uh, that's an actually... extremely stylized sort of violence. Yeah, it is ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but also horrifying. He makes you feel things, and the things he makes you feel are not good. Yeah, most of the time. And, and Ichi the Killer is actually his breakout international work. It, yeah. um, it came out in 2001, and at the Toronto International Film Festival, they handed out barf bags with the logo imprinted on it to the screening audience. <laughs> oh, I wish I had one of those. eBay. Yeah, that sounds like quite the collector's item. But uh, no, I wouldn't get one from eBay because it could be used. <laughs> I, don't I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah. One of the first things that I saw of Takashi Mike was uh, Audition. I actually haven't seen all of Audition yet, but I know it's infamous grotesque abilities. It's a, it's a romantic comedy. That is actually some... <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. There's, there's a story behind that statement. That is actually how one of my friends from college got two of his friends to watch it. He actually said, oh, you should see Audition. It's a romantic comedy. And so they did. They just watched Audition. And, and then it, body bags squirming around. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> But the the first time that I, I was actually exposed to that was one of those top 100 compilation Halloween specials that they show on the sci-fi channel where they show the most disgusting or most violent movies of all time. You know, that thing. Mm -hmm. Audition was one of them. Yeah. And everybody freaks out about it. So that was the first time I'd ever seen anything like that. When I was in high school, a friend of mine and I were very big into Japanese horror movies, and we ended up renting one just at random. We thought it was going to be in the vein of like Juon or Ringu or anything like that. It was called One Missed Call. And it ended up being not just a horror movie, but a satire of the entire Japanese horror genre at the time. And as a result of that, I saw the director was Takashi Mika, and I'm like, oh, okay, let me see what else he's done. And the next movie that we rented was Ichi the Killer. Yes. <laughs> so a uh, bit of a, you know, that was kind of a transition. One Missed Call is great. The cinematography is fantastic. The mood is fantastic. Mike really knows how to milk a scene for suspense as well as for laughs. Ichi the Killer could be a masterwork in how to satirize ultraviolence. Whereas we have directors in uh, the rest of the world trying to make things as grotesque in a realistic way. Just the colorization that Mike uses, like it, particular the the scene where the one guy is split in half, the scene where the guy is cutting his own tongue off, just so much there. Just the one shot of Ichi going into the room and suddenly just shooting out different limbs and internal organs. It's just so fantastically unbelievable. Then the camera cuts and it's a guy's face severed, just sliding down a wall, yes. looking yes, completely yes, yes, yes. unrealistic. But for people who don't like blood and guts, obviously that's going to get under their skin. But for people who are familiar with how far directors like to go, that's like, holy crap, this is the funniest thing I've seen. And yet it's accurate. It leaves you cheering. Like it, yeah. le it leaves you applauding it, you know? Absolutely. From there, I ended up watching Audition, which it it is really, really good. The first half of the movie, you're questioning whether or not you rented the wrong film. And it really takes a deft hand, very subtle work. 
to go from that into the latter half of the film where everything flies completely off the rails. Not to a point where it's unbelievable, but to a point where these are things that you should have noticed, but you didn't. Yes. Yeah. It, um, it, it actually reminds me of uh, another director who's amazing at this sort of thing. Uh, he's a Korean director, Park Chan-wook. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, old boy. Yeah, old boy, uh, sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, Vengeance. or uh, Lady Vengeance, and then recently The Handmaiden. I haven't seen Handmaiden yet, but it's on my list. It's been highly recommended to us. Fantastic. So Audition is incredible. It it would be like a half horror film, half rom-com, half horror film. He said a half and a half and a half. That's 150%. <laughs> okay, well, that, that's what that's what Mike directs at. He puts 150%. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Takashi Mike. Yeah. All right, uh, the next film I would probably quantify as my most enjoyable to watch and expose other people to. That's We'll call that my relative favorite. Visitor Q. I'm, mm. I'm assuming neither uh, anybody on the call has seen this or heard I've, about it or anything. I've, no, I've heard of Visitor Q, but I have not seen it. It's still kind of hard to get a hold of. When you have a a scene where the mother of the family is squeezing her bare breasts so that milk sprays out and the scene goes on for like five minutes and one of the other characters is just sitting in the kitchen, kneeled down with a transparent umbrella, letting it happen. It's very art house uh, (laughs) house sexuality exploration. (laughs) That's some French New Wave cinema shit right there. (laughs) (laughs) Very much is. There is a guy who ends up having sex with a corpse and midway through coitus, he starts saying like, oh my God, she's getting wet. It's a miracle. Oh my God. He reaches down. His hand comes up brown. He's like, this isn't a miracle. This is shit. (laughs) Like that is the stuff that Mike is incredibly good at taking a scene that otherwise would be disgusting, absurd and revolting and making you laugh and cringe at the same time. Other movies of his I've seen, I've seen Gozu, I've seen the Dead or Alive series, I've seen the the TV, the short TV series, MPD Psycho, Full Metal Yakuza, Yakuza the Demon, and uh, his uh, Masters of Horror entry imprint, which is really, really good. Yeah, we should talk cool. about that because Mike's recognition after Ichi the Killer became very quickly an international recognition of what he was doing with film, which is really quite remarkable. He's in a very short list of Japanese filmmakers who get this degree of international recognition. So the Masters of Horror series is an anthology that was produced by Showtime, and in the first season, he had an episode alongside Don Coscarelli and John Carpenter. Like, that's kind of a big deal. His episode, however, was not aired because it was so fucked up, Showtime would not release it. (laughs) What? (laughs) They're saying something because it's Showtime. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. They did, however, put it out on video along with all the other Masters of Horror series, but he's been censored quite a lot. In fact, Ichi the Killer had 15 minutes edited out of it for uh, China and was also censored in the UK to some degree. Uh, nice. Can I just also put in there that if you're if you're watching Ichi the Killer in any format, watch the subtitled version first and then watch the dub. Just like Golden Boy, the dub is hilarious. It adds <laughs> so much character to the entire movie. Good. It's yeah. all it's all like British Australian. It's it's awesome. That's a good comparison. <laughs> Get a hold of it however you can. Uncensored obviously is the the best way to go. But dub or sub, you're going to have a good time. One of the things that Takashi Miike has been doing recently is mm-hmm. that he's been doing a lot of anime adaptions. Like live, he's been taking animes and, and video game properties and making live action adaptions of them. One of the first ones that he had done was Ace Attorney, Phoenix Wright. Before that, it was Yatterman. 
Well, he did do Yatterman. Yeah, he did do Yatterman a long time ago. But I really think that the breakthrough one that everybody was like, oh my gosh, he's doing an anime adaption or a live action version yeah. of an anime dash video game. It was Ace Attorney and it had all that really fun effects, you know, when he says like objection, it like flies across the courtroom and, yep. it, and it smacks the other person in the face. Very Mike. Yeah. And I guess for a courtroom drama, it was very successful. And, and then from there... Recently, he's done things like Terraformers, which it was an anime that is featured in our hardcore anime panel. Don't Just, go, don't watch season two. Season two is trash. Right. Watch season one. Season one is very Game of Thrones-esque gore and main characters getting killed off like, what the hell? Right. But this is about Takashimika and he did a live action version of that. I just recently. have to make sure people don't watch the second season. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and then after that, coming out 2017... Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, he's making a live action adaption of that. Which should be nuts. Which it, it would be. It, it seems right up his alley, you know, just. It, I hope so. Hyper violent, so. but also very stylish. Now, yeah, nothing so. has been seen from that yet, but it is going to be an adaptation specifically of the Diamond is Unbreakable storyline. And yes. it's coming out in summer of this year, which is kind of crazy because I don't recall seeing that announcement until like fall of last year. So the turnaround must be. Lightning fast. Yeah. I mean, this guy makes a lot of movies. He's made over a hundred films since he uh, like debuted oh as director gosh. in 1991, or close to a hundred. Yeah. Anyway, a lot. And what's interesting about this JoJo's Bizarre Adventure thing specifically is it's being developed by Warner Brothers and co-produced with Toho. Yes. Well, because Warner Brothers helps produce the anime as well. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not not as interesting then. Um, but I suppose what perhaps is interesting is that. It is an American-financed live-action film, which is going to have a lead actor who is also Asian for a change in this anime manga adaptation. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, it should be good. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, they took they chose a really good one for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure because it was a it's it's a, like a small time one which could fit in the course of a movie. But they that, could, yeah, they could condense it. But yeah, the, it's just not the most exciting one, which. I think that any live action JoJo's is going to be really good, but it's just the, the, not the most exciting storyline that they could have possibly done. Well, here's a weird thing. Unless I'm reading it wrong, it looks like the full film title is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Diamond is Unbreakable Chapter One. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, if they did like the serial killer line or, or maybe up until the abandoned house or something like that. That's something we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll also wait and see what happens. <laughs> None of you people who are listening are probably even know what we're talking about at this point. So. <laughs> but hey, this guy makes movies for everybody and we're going to do our best to talk about as yes. much of that as we can. Let's say, for example, I stumbled down a wiki hole for this fella and uh, I was really fascinated by you guys mentioned he made children's films. And these children's films in question, among the most prominent, is a two-film so far series called Zebraman. Oh boy, I watched the trailers for these. It's just a little bit of core sample of, uh, of, of this. The first film is kind of like The Tick. It's about a down-and-out guy who sort of becomes a superhero and gets in over his head. It's kind of like, what if there was a movie about Arthur? A sort of. A, fa a failure <laughs> as a third-grade teacher and family man... Shinichi Ichikawa lives with his cheating wife, his teenage daughter who dates older men, and his son who is bullied because of his father's presence in the school. Escaping from everyday life, Shinichi secretly dresses up nightly as Zebra Man, the title character from an unpopular 1970s tokusatsu TV series he watched as a child before it was canceled after the seventh episode. As a result of meeting a wheelchair-using transfer student named Shinpei Asano, also a fan of Zebra Man, Shinichi not only regains his love for teaching but also develops feelings for the boy's mother. He then goes on to fight a crab mask serial killer, develop actual powers, learn that the tokusatsu was actually warning about a real alien threat, and stop an alien invasion. That sounds awesome. <laughs> it does sound awesome. Are you ready for a record scratch? Because here's the second movie. 
<laughs> Zebra Man <laughs> 2, Attack on Zebra City. The year is 2025. 15 years after the events of Zebra Man, Tokyo has renamed itself Zebra City and has instituted a zebra time starting at 5 a.m. for five minutes in which all crime is legal. The government allows the zebra police to attack any and all presumed criminals. One zebra time results in the attempted murder of Shinichi, a.k.a. Zebra Man, surviving the attack but having lost his memories, he must team up with television's fake Zebra Man and a young protege to save a mysterious little girl from Zebra Queen and her zebra police, and then save the world from Zebra Queen's ultimate plan to use the strange aliens from 2010 to bring zebra time to the whole world. That sounds zebra amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll link to the trailers, we'll link to all the films we're mentioning on here. Yeah, there's a lot to love from this guy's movies. They look batshit insane and just like a lot of fun. In this case, a lot of fun for all ages. And in most of his films' cases, a lot of fun if you have a extremely high fortitude, the most fucked up gore you've ever seen. Yeah. Although it was funny back in the day of, of Dead or Alive, which came out in 1999, which you can tell that it was like around the PlayStation era because all the 3D CG that they use in it. It might not be good enough for a PlayStation, but definitely an N64. But, <laughs> but like one of the opening scenes is a woman getting thrown out of a window and it's like superimposed over live action footage. But she totally looks like she's just like a 64 bit <laughs> naked woman falling from a skyscraper. It, like it's so good. You just you just love them for it. You watch it and, and you can tell it's like, oh, man, I don't think he cared how much effort was put into the post production of this movie. That's amazing. That sounds like a weird kind of like subversion of digital art and film. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I suppose as we get to his later works, one of the ones that we should really talk about is 13 Assassins, because this was one of his least ridiculous and most sincere films he's ever made, I think. Yep. Where it's a story from beginning to end. There's no hyper violence. There is violence because it's about 13 assassins being hired to protect this one town. It's kind of like Seven Samurai. Yeah. In a way, it is Seven Samurai, except there's 13 of them. You you watch it and you really kind of can't believe that, well, he's made all these other movies and then 13 Assassins comes out and it's like a historical film. It's like a it's like a Oscar bait masterpiece. Yeah. Like in just it takes place in the Edo period and there's samurai and there's a, a warlord who's coming to march through a town. And well, what do you know? We're going to take him on. And yeah. then you watch and then it ends and you're like, wow, that was beautiful. <laughs> His film Strawshield, which came out in uh, 2013, was actually nominated for the Palme d'Or at Cannes. So, I mean, he's he's getting around. There's a thing and you guys, you Wicked Anime fellows are probably familiar with it. it it's called V-Cinema. It's a terminology in Japan, which basically means direct-to-video live-action films, and it's where he got his start in some respects, and he still does it intermittently, no matter what his mainstream successes are, because it's kind of like where he just goes to do the crazy shit that he can't get away with anywhere else. Yeah, they have a term for that in anime, where they make uh, OVAs, which is uh, original video animation, where they can break all the rules they want, like, that's how Violence Jack got got released, Yeah, you know, and... And even they had to censor that and it was an OVA. Yeah, it's kind of a trend in Japan to do that, though, too, in the same way that you can be a famous artist for being a mainstream porn animator. Yeah. And you get no crap for it. Like in the same way that your career would be destroyed if you started working in porn in America, you wouldn't be able to work in any other industry. In Japan, it's how you start. It's, it's yeah, it's all the same. It's all the same. So with Takashi Miike making these experimental films that go direct to video, and they're just the worst thing on the face of the planet. It's just him experimenting with what he can do for a real feature film. 
Right. Which is a beautiful thing. Like everybody should have that kind of medium in their respective art forms. And it was difficult in the East to do that. So that's uh, that's about time for us. As I said, we're going to be linking to all the things we mentioned on this episode's page, which is quite a list at this point. And when possible, they will all be Amazon links. And those Amazon links will be Nerdy Show affiliate links. That means by buying any of these films or television series, you can give back to Nerdy Show. Oh, my goodness. Cap, I just looked up Visitor Q. It, there's no official like Amazon DVD. The used price minimum is $32.87. <laughs> and if you want to spend that $32 in, in such <laughs> sense, you can do it through our Amazon links. And oh I don't know what the percentage give back is, but maybe buy some batteries too. <laughs> <laughs> but if, you, if you'd like to support Nerdy Show more directly, we of course have our Nerdy Show Network Patreon, which goes to support the entire Nerdy Show Network and uh, helps provide a little bit of monthly funding to all of our programming as well as keeping the lights on and offering a ton of wonderful perks for you. That's all at patreon.com slash nerdy show. We should also mention there's one other way to support everybody that involves no money whatsoever, and that's rating and reviewing on iTunes. Those ratings and reviews give us visibility to help other people discover these fine programming. So Wicked Anime, Friday Night Fan Fiction, and Nerdy Show all need your love I'll leave on this fun fact acquired from Mike's Wikipedia page. His favorite film is Starship Troopers. Oh, good choice. I can see that. Yeah. And yeah he's, he's got a good taste in films. He does. <laughs> he does. Uh, not surprisingly, Paul Verhoeven is among his favorite directors, along with Akira Kurosawa, Hideo Gosha, who's known for Three Outlaw Samurai and Sword of the Beast, and David Lynch and David Cronenberg, two of my favorite David filmmakers. <laughs> <laughs> also, not I'm not shocked either. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't ever listened to Wicked Anime or Friday Night Fan Fiction, What's wrong with you? Guys, what do you have coming up? Well, we just uh, finished recording our last episode, which is coming out in the next couple of weeks, which is all about the new season of anime that's coming out right now. And soon after that episode, uh, Con Month is starting up really soon. Yes, it is. So Anime Boston's coming up, and we're actually going to be seeing some of our fans. We've been chatting with them online about seeing them at Anime Boston. Con Month uh, is our favorite. We have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're on season four's long fic, which is a reread of the original Celestian uh, Daycare's Excellent Adventures, which was removed from the internet, but we still have one of the only extant complete copies. We've been in Pocophilia incest hell for the last 12 weeks. Uh, season five should be starting sometime between February and March, we hope. Outside of that, I just got back from MAGFest. Thankfully, I avoided most of the con flu, but it was a fantastic time. I will be reading fan fiction live at ODU Con in Virginia. At the end of this month, uh, January 27th, 28th, and 29th, we'll be reading January 27th from 8 to 10, headlining at the main events. That's awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Mark your calendars, folks. You should come out and see all the Nerdy Show Network peoples at the cons. We'll be all scattered about throughout the country. If you've got any questions about where and when we're going to be, just ask us. We're on the internet. You can find us. That's where you found this, you big goof. <laughs> just don't hack my webcam, please. I have private time. <laughs> well, now that you canceled all your porn subscriptions, I don't know. I mean, how dang, much... <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean, dang? Is that like reverse psychology? <laughs> yeah. Now you're boring, Stevo. Yeah, <laughs> nothing to hack into now. Consarnet. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Taking us out, we have a brand new track, a nerdcore collab from IQ, Tech Force, and Kadesh Flow. Three rappers who all have an affinity for uh, anime raps of various kinds. IQ, for example, did his Attack on Titans mixtape not so very long ago. This is a track from Nerdcore Absolution Volume 3, and it's called Hunger. Yo, I come with an apparatus that passes through all the fabrics of time, space, and reality, pushing past all those boundaries, hunger shaping reality, eating knowledge capacities. The more I see, the more that I want, chasing out those fancy feats I haven't known this
catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 